this is a HIFIA project, HIFIA investigation, HIFIA podcast, and this is essentially an investigation and a look into the future from the perspective of doers, makers, and thinkers. And today we have a very special guest, a filmmaker. Wait, wait, I got, I got it written down. Film director, cinematographer, globetrotter, adventurer, and my dear friend, Chris Schrell. Welcome, dude. Uh, and what's up? What's what's what awesome, dude? Thank you for having me. <laughs> busy these days, dude. Like, how are you, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, we're basically in lockdown right now here in Bilbao, so um, it's really good for your productivity. Uh, getting a lot of work done, doing a lot of online work right now, and basically sitting out coronavirus. It's, that's the honest answer. Like the um, the Anton Java project that we were working on, it's a little bit hard to schedule right now because you cannot really propose like any um feasible starting date to start shooting because there's so much uncertainty there um which is you know i'm kind of take to force to take a break and it usually leads to some cool pretty cool insights as well so i'm doing a lot of online work um got some other uh, early stage passion projects that i'm working on right now um awesome. and i'm planning my escape from europe <laughs> oh yeah I, i remember you were talking about this quite a few times uh but just to give an intro to everybody who's just like tuning in and like no have no idea about our pre-existing relationship <clears throat> you're the guy who called me out of nowhere uh I, i was just getting into sydney and that was the first day i got into sydney and you called me and you asked me hey dude do you want to come with me to solomon islands and you could fly a drone you could uh you know chill out with me on the islands like to go go where no man has put a foot uh stuff like that i was i was so i remember that phone call yeah yeah dude i was i was literally standing <laughs> with my bags on the street looking for airbnb and you, you just called me I, i was like i was trying to get rid of you in a most polite way i was like yeah, yeah sure dude like whatever <laughs> you never told me that <laughs> you, were like, you were like yeah sure and you get so excited and i was like wait what did i just i agreed to and wait, do you do it absolutely not this is one of the things so so you called me and you proposed the project to mm -hmm. go with you to solomon islands which is like three hours by plane from brisbane sydney from brisbane australia to solomon islands to do uh -huh. a project with you i didn't know too much about this but we ended up doing this incredible video journey this 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 adventure of a lifetime it was exactly one year ago so that's that's the basis yeah. like that's for everybody who's like have no idea what we are talking about that was Ontong java and that was solomon islands that was honyara and i do not regret this man what about you well it's exactly one year ago i think that we were getting ready to board the ship to go back to honyara right yeah because your birthday is in two days And I think, oh, that, that means that today we went on the boat to go back to Aniera. Yes, so tomorrow exactly. was the first day that we had internet again in, in how many weeks and that we're going to be connected to the world again for the first time ever. Oh, did, do, you yeah. do you remember that? Like the first moment you got in, like after those two months, do you, do you remember that moment, that day? Like that, that you know, the moment when we, did you? We were sitting on the bridge, I remember, and we were both trying to get connected and it was like a signal where we both were really eager to get back to internet connection but it didn't work on our phone somehow yeah. <laughs> then you figured out the trick and then it was just you know very disappointing like how much spam we both got in our emails oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah 
you were super stressed about your accounting. I remember. Oh my you, god! You were oh, both yeah. late paying taxes because oh, we yeah. both thought it was, <laughs> was going to go a little differently. Dude, that was that was one of the most stressful experiences of my life because the the moment we we were going to the islands, like the moment the internet just got cut off, I got it. Yeah. I received an email from my from my accountant. And it was like I just got a headline, and that's like I just got a headline of the email. And I was urgent. like something, some yeah, something serious like <laughs> urgent, like please come back to me within a day or two. I was like, oh my god, like I have to do it, and I keep, I kept refreshing it and refreshing it, and that's that's where the internet disappeared. That was the end. And for the next two months, every single day, that was like on my mind, like what did, did I? Did you get in trouble? Like two 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 months without the internet? Did that no, bring you? Dude, nothing, nothing, nothing. I was, that's how bad. Dude, that was, that was, everything was in my mind. I don't know how about you, but I, I got late for my taxes. Um, I was supposed to get a fine for that, but it never really reached me. Um, I think they have some kind of like lenient period. I don't know. Like uh, I did not get into any trouble. I, I'm kind of looking forward to to getting off the grid again oh, nice. um, and, and, and saying goodbye to internet for for a longer period of time. Did I, remember, I remember. I remember how weird was it to like not have internet. Because uh, in Honiara, like in, it, it, it was like there was internet. Like you could get on Instagram. Like if you got a if you got a data from kiosk, but on those yeah. islands, like that was that was that was a different. I I really miss that. I it's it's like a noise in a way. Like if there's no internet, like a lot of things change and mentally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, so I remember being able to like sleep a lot better as well because oh, you know yeah. you. Generally, right now, my screen time—it's—it's it's kind of embarrassing, but I spend at least like 12 days an hour behind my computer right now. As and there's not much out there. It's almost raining every day, so I'm super productive. But like 12 hours per day spending behind my computer—that's not even my phone. That's just my computer. <laughs> that's oh, just dude. the working. How did I feel, and, man? And not doing that—that that, that was just—it it, it gets you more in like a natural rhythm. So you wake up when the sun sun rises, and you go to sleep two hours after sun sets. Yeah. So, so you're in Spain right now, and you're like having a lot. You, you experience a very hardcore version of a lockdown, right? You told me you cannot like leave the city or something like that. Like, or like... yeah, it's not that hardcore. Uh, you cannot leave the city. That's that's a really big shame because I really love going to the mountains. This is kind of like my my exercise I have around here, and in nature, I feel like uh, that that's the person who I am, being in nature. So you can still do it, but you have to do it illegally. <laughs> okay. So you, you because you can still travel in between cities, but you need to have like a valid reason for it. Um, and going to the mountains just to run or to to climb a mountain that's not really a valid reason. So you can still do it. Um, Monday I'm going to try it. <laughs> First time to a different municipality. Um, but for the for the rest, you know, like it's 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 still pretty much open. As in the stores are still open. We do have like a curfew right now, but you know it's it's. People are pretty chill around here, except for the riots that are going on. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, occasionally. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, well, listen, like, I, w I want to talk to you about the, you know, the climate action, climate change, environmental action. Like that, that's... Uh, like we can talk a, a long time about like all the stuff that we've experienced and, uh, you know, that's the stuff for a lot of episodes and I, I'd love to like, you know, have yeah. this kind of conversation with you over and over again, just so we can like compare our experiences like 
given what we get to know later on in our lives and seeing back how Ontong Java has influenced, like I knew it's going to change my life and it did. And I, I'm, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be grateful to you till the day I die for this kind of opportunity to join you. But today I want to, I, I, I really want to touch on a topic of how filmmaking, how storytelling uh, is a powerful tool in a climate action and i'd love to pick your brain would you like can you tell your experience in how you see role of filmmaking in you know bringing climate action to public eye raising awareness of what's going on like can you can you can you elaborate on that um that's a really good question Iggy. <laughs> I, I think in general, what I see a lot when I'm when I'm or when I read a lot about like other filmmakers, what, how they describe like their role, a lot of people try to distance themselves from any kind of responsibility. They say, you know, we as filmmakers, we try to entertain. That's like the sole purpose of of uh, filmmaking. Like if you want to learn something about a, a certain topic, go read a book. Um, I think that's you know that's that's true. You know, film is entertainment, and you know it's it's even a lot of the films that, that are based on like true stories and all the documentaries. There's a lot of lot, lot of perspective and interpretation going on, but I do also think that um, there's some responsibility as the filmmaker. Like um, the only story I know of Chris Kyle is because I watched American Sniper. Uh, a lot of people only know Christopher McCandles because they watched Into the Wild. So even though that the filmmakers are not saying we're, we're teaching you something about the world, they are actually like influencing people's worldviews. Um, and I think a very important thing that needs to happen with climate change in general is that the perspective of people has to change, like the mindsets have to change. And I think that's already happening. I think uh, I'm, I'm very positive, I think a lot more positive than many climate, uh, climate activists that I'm talking to about um, how we're going to respond to this as humanity. Um, but I think over there, that is at least how I try to do my part, even though it's very small. Um, I think as filmmaker, filmmaking is a very great tool to help change those mindsets. Um, the same thing, you know, for Anton Java, I think almost everybody that's going to watch that movie is going to hear about Anton Java for the first time. You're going to hear about the challenges that they face. Can, 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 you, te can you tell a bit about the movie itself? Because people just have no yeah. idea what it is. Like, would you mind telling, explaining what, what's, what's, the, what's the Anton Java movie? So Anton Java is a uh, atoll in the Western Pacific. And it, this is, um, it is situated just north of Solomon Islands, close to Papua New Guinea. And this is in one of the regions where the sea level is rising faster than anywhere else in the world. So there's a global average uh, sea level rise of about like three millimeters per year. And over there, it's about eight millimeters per year. So a pretty common misconception that people have about sea level rise is that sea level rise is primarily caused by glaciers that are melting and it rises the sea level everywhere equally, which is just not true. And especially in the case of the Western Pacific, um, the melting, the meltwater that's coming from the glaciers contributes not even to like 30% of the sea level rise. Like the main factor that contributes to sea level rise there is a process called thermal expansion, which basically means that if the water uh, warms up, it expands and thus rises to sea level. Um, and it's not what a lot of people think, you know, yeah, but that's just gonna like even out, but it, that, that takes hundreds of years. So it's happening at such a fast rate that um, the sea level rise there is is, 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 is very tremendous, it's going really fast. And for Yelantung Java Atoll, that means that the community that's living there, which is about like 4,000 people, that 
uh, like the highest point, like the, the entire villages are about like half a meter and one and a half meter above sea level. Mm -hmm. So that means that by the end of the century, most of the villages are gonna be gone. They predict at least a meter of sea level rise there. It could be more, it could be less, it depends on like how the climate, like the, how the currents change and a lot of different factors that come into play. Um, but the community there is facing like a lot of trouble because of that. There, there has been one village that has already been washed away out of the three villages that used to exist there. Um, you can also see that I, there's not a lot of research being done over there, but like you've seen it as well and, and myself as well, that a lot of the coral reefs have already died over there. Oh, and yeah. the coral reefs is this yeah, it's almost nothing is alive. It's very hard to find like a speck of coral garden that's still alive. And that has an enormous impact for the people that are living there because the, the population grows pretty fast. Uh, a lot of people get at least like three, four, five, six children. So it goes really fast. And the income that they have over there is, is the export of marine resources. So because the coral reefs are dying, the marine resources get uh, shrink as well. And that leaves just, you know, this is like a smaller pie, more people have to eat from it and people are hungry. So right now, as we speak, November 6, 2020, uh, there's a huge crisis going on in the island because some people are harvesting still the, the sea cucumbers that they're exporting. Um, while it's actually there's a ban in force because there's, uh, they want to prevent overfishing, but people are hungry. What are you going to do? Like you got a family to and you cannot survive on fish and coconuts, which they are actually doing right now. Wow. Uh, and the government fails to help them and they pay a lot of taxes. Well, it's, 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 it's a big trouble. And like climate change, it's, it's at the core of this all. Like the climate change is, is causing the land to shrink, which kind of causes the disputes. Climate change is, 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 is warming the, um, uh, the, the seawaters, which is, which is like diminishing the, the biodiversity of the ocean. Um, so that's like the core problem of it all. So. The movie that I'm that I'm trying to make over there is very much about like the personal consequences. I would love to humanize this, so it's not going to be like I I want I want to tell this story from the perspective of the people that are living on the island, and a lot of the people over there um, they have like a slightly different perspective than the scientific perspective because who cares about science if you know like that, that, that that's a very like a first world per perspective. Um, so I would very much like to humanize it and show like the, the transition that's going on right now. So uh, a quarter of the population has already moved from the islands to Honiara, to the capital city of uh, Solomon Islands. And that's basically the future for a lot of the people. They, um, a lot of the people, when they finish high school, they start thinking, okay, the future might not be on the island. So you need an education. So they move uh, to, the, to the capital city. Um, and that process is yeah, very interesting. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's really sure. important uh, for people to visualize that change because, in a in a film, it's really easy to to understand the um, the scale of the problem. Like once you move out of the paradise, like literally a paradise, into dirty, you know, trash-filled uh, capital of Solomon Islands, that is, you know. Under development, but it, it is a 180 degrees change in their lifestyle. And like it's at least 180. It's it's completely completely different. As in, Kanton Java is actually the richest. Um, they have the two richest wards of the islands. So they are like uh, they are very well off. They live in paradise. It's super clean. Everybody's super happy um, over there in paradise and on the atoll. And when they go to the city, they become a minority because they are Polynesian people in a Melanesian country. And for us Europeans, that might not sound as a huge difference, but that's 
that's a huge, huge leap in like the history that they have. As in, they have a different skin color, they have a different culture. Um, Polynesians are very light-skinned. It's it's mm. Moana. It's it's it's, uh, it's it's the people with tattoos that are serving in uh, in Moana. In Melanesia, it's 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 it's, it's, it's a very different culture, and and they do you know they do integrate, but they they, they do complain about that that, that, that there's like. Um, it results in some problems and a little segregation as well. Oh, I can imagine. Suddenly you have a lot of people just coming in, to, you know, do not mix properly or could not, like there's a potential that, you know, of a cultural clash or somehow. Like this is a serious problem. And I, I know how surprised I was, but I, I think you've got more experienced, more experience, more insight into explaining how common the climate change problem it is like young children children know exactly what the problem is like because they they live it they have it around them right like that's yeah yes and no like um um it, it's it's very hard when you're on an island like that to um come to the same conclusions as decades and decades of climate researchers and they don't have the the the, the resources like being point, fast. Yeah. uh so from my from my experience working with those people is that a lot of the people uh, have learned from like awareness programs that have been going on as in they're, they're very smart people there there's a few very educated people there as well people from Yato that, that, that have come to university have PhDs so they're, they're super smart and they're very critical thinkers um, um, and that that's made that that also makes them do the research as in they 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 listen to 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 their to their heroes to listen to the minister of environments and um and when we were there you, you remember slade slade was there on the government program with two other guys from solomon island's government that were commissioned by the government and uh, to to spread awareness and everybody that was interested and was concerned about climate change you could ask their questions to slade and slade was instructing them how to answer to that yeah, so um, just just to bring the slate into the conversation, like we met the guy for the first time on on in Luanua on the one yeah. of the islands. Okay, so we've spent some time on the main island Palau, like main for from our perspective. It's not the main island, but yeah, from 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 my <laughs> perspective, like there. that's where we got first. Uh, so yeah. after some quite some time, we 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 took a boat. We uh, it took us I don't know what what like four hours five hours to yeah, to. Five to get to the next uh, even bigger island that's called Luanua and then we stumbled upon this guy with his team Slade and he was asking about something like to get a projector no to get to, to do something technical from his side and he was like describing this project that he was working on and you guys connected really well and I connected with him and that was like such a weird encounter in the middle of like Pacific Ocean like there's somebody who's like trying to spread awareness of climate change <laughs> that was a weird yeah, that was awesome. a cool thing it's a cool thing yeah. But actually, they, they, after we went there, uh, there's also been a team from SIBC, the Solomon Island Broadcasting Company, that did a sh short series of documentaries um, about, you know, like showing to the people what's been going on over there. They actually, they have uh, a few people in the community as well that are very interested and talented in, in, in storytelling themselves and they're filmmakers themselves. And they're also, you know, trying to do their part and and get to get the message out. They're very proactive people, as in they're yeah. very and they're entrepreneurs, and yeah. and they're smart and they're, they're well read. Well, so let me ask you this: so, I I know you had a plan to go back to Solomon Islands. Like you you, you spent quite some time over there, even more than I did. Like you've been there for uh, two months before I got there. Uh, so yeah. you, you did a pre you did you did a hardcore research. I remember. 
when we were waiting for the ship to go to Antong Java and I woke up one day and I saw you sitting with a laptop open with like weirdly scientifically looking papers and that was like your routine like every day you were reading on the research and research and you've been so obsessed with research I was like wow that guy's like he's passionate about the topic but with the current development of the lockdown and you know coronavirus I like what's what's your next step with the project right now um, do finish it like do you think it's like close to finish like what's up what's going on <laughs> so wh when we were there uh, the intent of the film was very different than what the intent is right now as in uh, we left the atoll thinking that we were making a broadcast length video uh, uh, broadcast length film about that so 45 50 60 minutes and right now i really think that this is a story that has the dimensions um to be told in feature length and it takes a very different approach as well and i um when we were there i was very much going through uh with the approach of like uh demonstrating the themes and making sure like checking up all the things that are happening there making people understand what's going on and right now i'm like uh, i spent so many hours so many days thinking about it writing about them um and we had like pitch decks and we made trailers i got a little bit more familiar with the footage that we were have already collected and now i'm thinking i want to make a very humanistic as humanistic as possible um film about that so that requires a different approach it requires uh, like a little bit more time on the outside as well i would love to learn the language i would love to learn Anton Yavan over there to get a lot closer to the kind of people that were just otherwise difficult to connect to like you remember when we were there with um, okay. I don't know, name again? The the, the cousin, of, no, the cousin of Chris who we stayed with in uh, in Liwanua. James. Well, I don't remember his name because we were not able to communicate with him and uh, with his two daughters um, and his wife. Like we don't, I, they don't, don't speak the, the language. And I'm very interested in going over there for a very extended period of time, learn the language because especially those people. One thing you should know about the Antung Java Atoll is that the language they speak over there, they only speak over there. So thinking about those families, and it's, I don't know the numbers, there's no research being conducted, but maybe like 30, 40% of the people over there only speak their own local language. So what's going to happen to them if they have to move to, the, to somewhere else? They're not going to wow, be able yeah. to communicate with anybody. Well, you know, like I've not gone very deep into that. There's no research being done about those people. It's very difficult to do that as well logistically um so the plan right now is await coronavirus i'm not going to go there if, the, if there's only like a one percent chance that i'm going to bring the antivirus over there because uh, dude, that's a that's a serious not live with that. yeah <laughs> i'm going to be patient i'm going to be um done pretty much my thinking about the project already um i'm a little bit done thinking and gotcha. right now ready for action um well, underwater shoots and well there's yeah i mean i i know there's a lot of technical stuff that we can go into with like a film production i know a lot of stuff so it is also yeah. um i i have to ask you because it's been something that's it's been following me it's been following me for the like as soon as you told me about this i cannot stop thinking about your idea for the like future development of the series because like you, the Ontong Java project, you're talking specifically about a community that lives in the middle of Pacific Ocean and the problem is rising ocean levels and a lack of food and, you know, the, the cultural clash if they have to emigrate to a different place. But 
do you want to talk about like th those those different ideas those, those different communities you've been talking about uh the one in greenland and like that was you know I, yeah, I love yeah. That idea i love that idea man that was awesome. I, I was working quite extensively on on the greenland story um i after Anton job i just needed some space for myself so i spent like a, a month of research in greenland i learned danish uh, then i went to denmark to go get a little bit closer to the community and when COVID happened, that was during the Copenhagen Film Festival, and the opening film of that festival was exactly the film that I wanted to make. So that kind of like wow. <laughs> demotivated me. Like I've already seen the movie. Um, um, that also realized that when I watched that movie, I also realized that my research was not even close to near because that movie really opened my eyes. I thought that I had a pretty clear image of what Greenlight was going to be, and then I saw the movie, and I was like, "Oh man, it's so different." <laughs> Um, so I'm actually not very much um, working on the development of the series as well. I kind of hope that um, I'm very interested in, in these kind of stories. I'm very interested in different cultures. I think it's very important that people are becoming more familiar with the different faces that the world has and, and uh, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and a lot of people are underrepresented. A lot of productions are being done in Europe and, and the United States, but we don't see as much coming from Africa and from, from places like oh, Greenland. Yeah. So I'm very interested in, in working on those kind of projects, um, but it's also, logistically a little bit challenging because just think about it like um especially with documentary a lot of projects like in the beginning are, are personal investments and then Not quite late on they get like backing uh so having to pay for all of that <laughs> going everywhere and spend a, a good amount of time and get to get to know the characters and i i want to go all in so if i want to go to to greenland i want to speak the language i want to be like very very super close to the people as close as i'm as I possibly can. Gotcha. Um, so I'm, I'm very much, uh, there's this one maker um, that is very inspired, inspirational to me. And you must have uh, heard me say his name a few times, but his name is Jeff Orlowski. And Jeff Orlowski, yeah, Jeff Orlowski. One, one more time. How do I spell it? So I can put it in like links and stuff. Jeff Orlowski. O-R-L-O-W. Oh, okay. okay. So he did Chasing Ice um, when he was my age. Um, and that was an incredible film. That was an incredible uh, success, and, and um, it was an in incredible, important story that he had to tell, and the world responded to that. Um, he very much focused on impact documentary filmmaking, which is very something that, that interests me a lot as well. So what he did after after the initial success of Chasing Ice, and after he made like a really big impact on the world, he made Chasing Coral. So he was able to like make like a spin-off on the initial idea, and and now with like the, the proven track record of the first mm -hmm. film, he was able to make the second film. So I'm kind of inspired by those kind of stories. And Jeff Rolowski is one of the people that, that worked like that. But but it's like over and over again, and I, I I see that happening everywhere. Same with the act of killing and the look of silence, and so forth. Uh, so I I kind of want to just like go all the way into Anton Java hopefully learn uh, uh, a lot about them uh, make the best movie that i can and hopefully use the momentum i got a ton of ideas for things i want to do after that um and hopefully i can do that with the momentum of a successful release of quantum java do you do you want to talk about those ideas or <clears throat> do you think it's like too early to, to it's, mention it's it it's premature it's a little bit premature gotcha. i'm very interested in the last few weeks in finding like a connection between online and film 
the same way that television is doing it. Like there's a lot of like uh, um, interaction between uh, television shows, which are also like made in a format. So it also works on YouTube. I'm very interested in because online, if I think about like the, the amounts of hours that I consume on media every week, uh, a large part of it is, is it on YouTube. And oh yeah, I'm, exactly. What do you do? You have anything that you watch, like like binge watch in terms of like documentaries? Like, I'm super interested in like a formats, like usual uh, the format. On YouTube, I, yeah, on YouTube, yeah, online, yeah. The, the, oh, YouTube. oh man, there's there's so much good quality content out there. I really believe it's 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 like a good future. It's like the future. I I, I love everything politics. Uh, I've been very deep into the U.S. elections the last few days. No it's shit. Always, <laughs> it's constantly open on my on my screen next to me. <laughs> um and like everything like uh, uh yeah I, I i love the format of youtube it's it's very digestible you can go through it really quickly it's also very dangerous it really needs to transform it's like the echo chambers of youtube which no, is of course uh, social media. Yeah. um but i think it's, it's it's interesting to think about like ways of, of, of blending cinema with youtube as well as television has already so successfully done um so yeah, that's, that's one of the, the ideas that I'm, that I'm working on that I've been developing for the, for the past few weeks, but it's still pretty premature. So still working on the first concepts. Do you, do, do you watch Netflix recently? There, there has been a... <laughs> do you, do you know one? Netflix? <laughs> you don't know yeah. Rick and Morty, so I have to, I have to assume that I have to ask <laughs> yeah. you about stuff. <laughs> well, social the Social Dilemma, you must have heard about that one. Of it's course. the second yeah, best oh, That's Jeff Rolowski. That's his first film. So he did Chasing Eyes, Chasing Coral, wow, The Social Dilemma. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow, wow. Yeah. I... I, I, I I think everybody who's watching that is kind of kind of depressed, scared, and excited at the same time. It's a, it's a weird mix. But usually, when I ask people like, "Have they seen it?" they they say, "Yes, I've seen it." Well, like three a.m. and you know at night. <laughs> that was exactly my case, like too. Did you? Did oh, yeah. You, yeah, like it, like you, you're trying to binge watch something and you stumble upon a social dilemma and then you watch and there's this concept of this this AI avatar that's being built based on your preferences dude i cannot forget that like image uh yeah. for, the, for those who have not seen the social dilemma it is essentially as a documentary uh, that is based on uh, interviews with creators of facebook twitter uh youtube google like all those people who created us and they talk about the dangers of it and how it operates and what it can lead to uh, it is really uh, scary stuff but at the same time kind of I think the knowledge is the power. Like once we know something, we can like work around it, we'll work with it. Yeah. I, w one thing that I very much like what they said in that movie um, is at some point, like uh, with the arrival of the internet, we enter the information age and we're slowly going to like the misinformation age, the disinformation oh, yeah. age. And I think that's very much true. Like this, this is the development of it right now um everywhere and and that all starts with raising awareness and that's what i very much appreciate in like in arlowski's work as well like it's always about entertaining and he always talks about the movies like it's a human interest movie and it's about like that person you want to be engaged with the main characters and it's about people but on the other hand he also like finds a way of like making an impact on the world with that um and i've not read the impact plan of the social dilemma i'm not sure if it's available anywhere just yet it's still going on right now um, but I can very much imagine that it's, it's, it's centered around the premise of, of raising awareness, making sure that people know that the problem exists so you can start working on a solution, right? Um, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, but back to the back to the Netflix topic. I, I totally agree with you about the awareness, but 
Netflix. Uh, I've been binge watching Queen's Gambit recently. It's a it, it, this is like a seven episode story of the genius chess player, um, and the format that is produced in it, this is like seven episodes and one hour. It's kind of like House of Cards lengthwise. Uh, it's like one hour and ten five ten minutes, but the way it's being held, like every single episode is it's held in a different. Like we have the same character, and we see that character being raised from the young child to like adult, like being like late teen, and uh, every single episode has a different set of problems, set, different set of conflicts, and I love that idea, man. I'm, I mean, I, I watched that like almost entire thing on one sitting, and that's when I started to think about like different formats, like YouTube, right now. I'm binge watching a lot of Joe Rogan content, you know, three hours, four hours, like literally straight on. Like I'm working and this is the, like it goes in the background. So I'm, I'm dude, like whenever you have something or you want to brainstorm ideas around this, or like just just talk. I, I'd love to. I, I think it's a pretty interesting topic. Like looking at the end of, at the end of this talk, we're going to make a list for, for things to watch for each other. I, oh, I yeah. think that's and the next time we talk, we can we can we can discuss further on that. Dude, like a book club. Dude, I'll be down to this. Like a book club. That's awesome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the book club. Today we'll be discussing Pride and Prejudice, Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So yeah, but but I remember. I don't know. I don't know if you if you remember your quote, but it, it's also been something I I cherish in my memory when you said that documentary filmmakers' role is to do the research and uh, present the problem in entertaining way. Do you do you remember that? Like that this Well, it sounds like something that I could have said, yeah. <laughs> you were saying I, I, beach and like I, I always like to use the the, the term uh, making healthy candy. So the candy part is like you want to just eat it all and, and healthy because you want to eat so much of it and it's actually good for you, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Healthy carrots. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that doesn't sound so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so um, yeah, just just a lot of a lot of people uh, a lot of people have a problem with climate action and climate change, and, and I, I started to like do a more profound research when it comes to like designers on its own because a lot of designers try to raise the awareness of climate action, but from a from a perspective of like positive change. Do you see that happening? around you in like a filmmaking community, like around you just personally, like seeing climate change is a positive thing. Uh, well, we are kind of doing that with Quantum Java. Um, well, I, in all honesty, most people that I talk to, um, sometimes like some of my closest friends and I'm always a little bit shocked when I hear that they, they don't really talk about climate change and like the positive things. They don't talk about like the beautiful world that we want to go towards. They had very much the Greta Thunberg, I probably mispronounced that, sorry. <laughs> the very much the apocalyptic version of, of the future that people talk about and the world is all going to end and it doesn't really make any sense anymore. That's actually, you know, and to my dissatisfaction, what I see that most people are saying and doing, and yeah, I, I, I hope that's going to be a shift. I, I, I have you ever seen the movie No, with uh, Gael Garcia Bernal? No, 
that's no it's just it's just, it's just no like no yeah it's no to 2012 it's a movie about like um it's set in chile uh at the turn when it's um i'm, I'm gonna get back to why i have to think of this but like in no we follow it's a semi true story uh about the guy that leads a campaign to overthrow uh a, the dictator of, of of chile pinochet um, and what he does is like like the original people that are planning the campaign and are trying to convince all the people that they have to vote no, no more Pinochet. Uh, the original people that were working on that, they were thinking like, okay, we have to remind everybody of like the massacres that he committed, like all the horrible stuff that he has done. And then our main character, our protagonist comes into play and he says, no, we're going to do completely different. We're going to make it a Coca-Cola commercial, just happiness, people singing and bright colors and just communicate it that way just like leave it all behind let's let's make this now a time for being happy mm-hmm. um and that's actually like the the campaign that they that they set up it's it's absolutely magnificent and i really believe in that approach i very i was a little bit scared of the trump biden campaign for that as well because trump was like uh, it's going to be all over soon the coronavirus is going to be gone and biden was very much hey, it's it's horrible we gotta we're not gonna close but it's 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 very serious and the future is bleak and um, I think in climate change, we kind of have to take the no approach. We have to be a little bit more positive, a little bit more like uh, sketchy, like the utopian future. Uh, and I got a feeling that almost everybody in my environment disagrees with me about that. <laughs> because so many, many people start quoting uh, Chomsky and Naomi Klein, and they probably have really good points. But it's so super negative. It makes me want to crawl up in my bed and just go to sleep oh, yeah. and not do anything. And, for me personally, that does not work. I'm very, yeah. I mean, uh, I know that you are the, the exact opposite because we had this conversation a few times before. I mean, <laughs> also time passed. Like you know, people change. <laughs> but I, I, my thing right now is that it really is easy to 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 go extreme in this, and I, I think that it's easy to be very very much against like uh, this positive view on climate change but at the same time it, it's a slow process and i recently just <clears throat> learned why it, it is a slow process to to get everybody on board like to get everybody hyped up like to to do all those different actions all those different solutions to use all those different tools that we are creating right now like technologies to do like not only technologies that uh, like hardware technology but like mental technologies like different mental devices how we can think about the future this stuff takes time and primarily people need to know why they need to change certain ways like like before any change happens people have to understand they have to come to understanding why is it imperative that they do change and that's a behavioral change and i have been i've been talking to this super smart uh lady susan jackson with whom i'm also having a podcast uh sometime in the future and she's been very vocal about systemic changes systemic you know differences and every time i tr- i connect with smart people it, it it all boils down to behavioral change and really explaining how behavioral change has to happen and do you think it's yeah. happening right now if you look around you or like in global trends that you recognize well it's i mean i had i like one one year ago the moment we got back to we got back to reality after on java i remember how important it was 
to it was to me to tr to use only like a public transportation how important it was like to to spread the word to everybody to like just talk about this how i can help how you can help but as did that change you know, you have a car right now <laughs> dude it, it did it did change it did change because it really is like not easy to to be constantly under this huge amount of pressure like that like we are going into a wrong direction like as a team as a humanity like a team humanity we are we're going yeah. like like we are a smoker who uh who's been told by a doctor that he's you know if you don't quit smoking like within days you're gonna be fucked like you're gonna get sick you're gonna get like or you're sick already and now you have to quit but it's not easy to quit because you're addicted to to smoking like every time yeah, but you know like like just in like in a hypothetical conversation like um the two things that you can advise is either quit smoking because you're gonna die quit it or make sure that the cigarette is healthy Dude, yeah. I, I don't really like the uh, you have to stop traveling, you cannot drive as much or you cannot do this or that. You have to be like everything has to be grounded a little bit more. And of course, there's things you can do that are very easy and it's not going to affect your quality of life too much. But for me, not traveling as much, it's 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 a no deal. Like like that's just like that's, that gives me energy. Right. So I think we have to think of a way to like shift it around that people actually want to have them that change that like the incentive is there. Yeah, like the change is actually. <laughs> yeah, like if the change, if the yeah, if the cigarette makes you, you know, be better, like more, like smarter or whatever. But like, really, that's how, that's why I'm so interested in like doing the podcast like this with, with people like if you, but also people who, like entrepreneurs, like startup founders, and people who work on the technologies. And I really am like, yesterday I I've been attending some energy conference dude i had no idea what they were talking about like, like innovation and battery like I, well, what I, are you I, doing at energy conference <laughs> dude, dude I, <laughs> that was so that was so wild even for me dude i was like watching a uh, conference all day long and listening about european battery alliances and then listening to this to the ceos of like those corporations they are like trying to build this huge european uh market and industry of like creating uh, i don't know lithium batteries or like hydrogen batteries and like all those different they were pitch uh pitches from startups from you know mobility from water from solar and do like well, what did you learn about it what did you learn well from that? what i learned is like people actually like seriously know what they are doing and this is not a lot of people like and i think that i think the problem is the the majority of people don't believe there is a problem the people who already know that there's a problem don't know that there are actual people actual companies and actually very smart entities working on solving that problem and dude i was i got there by an accident you know that was like some weird like it was a huge conference for energy industry but you were yeah. not like you wouldn't be able to find like a <laughs> regular person i don't know even i don't even know how i got there. yeah i'm not but, sure if we should go too deep into like the entire climate crisis uh, i know we had a lot of conversations about that already as well but you know like the opposite is true as well a lot of very smart and very capable people are working towards like the energy sufficient solutions but on the other hand there's also a lot of very smart people working on the opposite and making people 
you know, disbelief campaigns and yeah, yeah. consume as much fossil fuels people as possible and make people doubt that it actually is going to be bad for you. And dude, this is this is such a this is such a polarizing topic to an extent, Absolutely. but. I can I can give you a few examples of those startups because I I think they're brilliant. Like for example, every time you take a shower, do you have a shower over there in Bilbao, like in the apartment? Get, like a sh I do. you got two <laughs> showers, nice. So uh, you you've got hot water, right? Like you've got hot water. Like typically, there's no problem with that. Yeah. So there's there's one company and it, they're growing super fast. What they figured out is like whenever you go into a shower. And then you you start uh, you you turn the dial on the hot water. There is uh, I don't know 15 10 seconds that there's just cold water running, and yeah, is, is like running and like you're waiting for the hot water. So what they are building is is this 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 kind of uh, thing that you put on the pipe that is somehow using the sustainable like some kind of different energy um, technical jargon, but. The point is, you turn a dial with their solution, and you have instant hot water. And it may not be a lot when you think about just you, but think about like everybody on the planet do this, like like yeah. everybody. Yeah. This yeah. is th this is for me healthy candy, dude. This is. Yeah. Well, I, I remember in a lot of um, Central American countries, especially, there were a lot of um, uh, warm showers that were powered by electricity. Um, and not by gas, as in, and it's, it's because right now if you turn on the heat, the water is not heated up by electricity, but we're like we're like a little flame that, that fuels on gas, right? So I, I remember, I think it was in Costa Rica where where uh, all, all, all the showers were actually powered by electricity. Damn! Wow. Also, way to go, dude. Yeah. Well. I'm I'm positive. I'm, I mean, I can I can get negative when I see people around me and like nothing's changing, but. <laughs> I, I, th I think we're heading down. I, I think what we really need is a lot of like visual uh, ways to present the, the problem and the solutions, like not just the problem, but also like it, it has to be packaged in a narrative way. That's why I think like filmmaking and what you do is really important. It's really vital to like spread the awareness. And there's like if you if you start looking for YouTubers that are talking about climate change, like there's not many of those. Like it's not easy to talk about the problem and like it's such a like first of all i, I want to ask you something like do you do you think climate change is a problem or like how how can can how can we talk about this so we don't make it negative like what is the problem okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's a very broad question like like can, can you rephrase it so let's say you're talking to your relatives or your friends and you want to say what you're doing that you're kind of raising awareness about people who live in the, in on Ontong Java and the sea level is rising. There's a climate change, but you don't want to make it sound negative in a way that there's a climate change and the climate change is bad. You want to say that, you know, climate change is neutral, like it's happening and it's going to it's always going to happen in some way. We just make it happen faster in a direction that is not sustainable for for humans. Oh, I, it, it all starts with the willingness to change, right? So you want to uh, make sure people care. Uh, okay. If I think about like the reasons why I care about the world, why I care about the environment, I have to go back to uh, elementary school. And I have a very particular show that I always used to watch, and I was absolutely obsessed with that. 
And that was the show that made me uh, want to buy a camera and made me like dream uh, about becoming a filmmaker. Uh, and that was Steve Irwin. That was Steve Irwin just going around Australia and the outback and visiting all these places and talking with so much enthusiasm and so much passion about the animal life that, that he found over there. And that made me initially also want to become a herpetologist. I was uh, became fascinated with reptiles just because of him, because of that outspoken passion. And he managed to convey that to me and it inspired something in me. And um, that started like the spark that I that I care about the world. I don't want I don't want a crocodile to go extinct. I don't want a this beautiful uh, reason in the Great Barrier Reef to 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 completely die out. Um, so I care, and that's why I, that, that motivates me still. You know that that's like the, the beginning, but that, 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 that's something that we can also inspire in others. Uh, I hope that when people watch the Anton Java film. That they're gonna have an appreciation for the people. That they're gonna have an appreciation for the culture that is truly one of a kind. They've been living there in seclusion. Well, seclusion is a debated term, but they've been, been there for two thousand years. They have, they have such a rich cultural heritage. They're such smart and well-educated people. And I hope that people are gonna care about them. And if you care, um, and if you appreciate them, it also matters when they when they wash away. And if you don't know anything about them, well, how can you care? It all starts with that, you know, like, and I, th I think that's a responsibility. Oh, that's something I feel like I can do as a filmmaker. Um, um, and it, yeah, and also if I think about like graphic design, uh, you know, Hans, Hans Rosling, the factfulness author, he has this, I think it's one of the most well-watched, uh, the most watched videos on TED. He managed to like put the state of the world, the current state of the world into like, a different visual way he presents it in a different way and that just changed your entire perspective from, for so many people myself included about like the, how, how the world is doing right now so that's something that you can do like as a designer uh, and there's so many different ways because we were we're visual human beings we're storytelling uh, creatures um, and from like entertainment and artistic standpoint, there's so much you can do. And luckily we're creative as well. So we can come up with the, the way that, that fits ourselves. Exactly. In your case, it's Hyphia. And, um, and in my case, it's Anton Java and, and who knows what's going to be next, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to, we're going to keep on fighting to make sure that that apocalypse is never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and that the world is going to be beautiful for our children and more equal. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I keep thinking about like my own personal motivation, and I, I like that you went on a tangent here and just touch on like why, <laughs> like your why, because my why it, it all started with running, simply running and like being like in the nature more often than not. And I think I think the problem that we have we are facing is that people are really getting away from nature. Like nature is becoming like less of a part of somebody like mm -hmm. people's lives. Like we are surrounded by concrete glass aluminium like this look at you look at you like yeah. this. <laughs> i mean like i do have things like palm trees like surrounding me like this apartment like, it's filled with That's palm trees <laughs> but yeah but i do i do run every single day too <laughs> That's another um, value of Anton Java for like a european or western audience is that a lot of people feel the way that you do right now a lot of people want to feel more connected to nature you, I, I see that everywhere around you i don't know about you but i think a lot of people in our circles long for living a little bit more like the people in Anton java a little bit more simple yeah. more about the day and being happy and there's no stress 
and there's not so many impulses. Dude, people there was no stress at all. <laughs> like that was that that is such a weird concept to everybody. Like, dude, what happens? Yeah, exactly. What there's happens no when there's no stress? When you have time filled with, like, your entire day is comprised of waking up, having a coffee, reading a book for three to four hours. Then you just casually go fishing and you get the best fish ever and then you eat that fish and that's it like you, you can well yeah if, if you we had a pr pretty privileged position on the auto like uh, okay yeah well like so the women they they are constantly cleaning they're super neat so they're constantly like making sure raking the floor yeah, right i, I, I simplify that yeah they're building the house every year they have to replace the roof and but it's still it's predictable and people live more by the day um and it makes climate change very difficult as well because you remember when we got there um there were actually a lot of people that were criti cr critical about us um because there were people that came in before from the government or researchers and the criticism that they uh, uh that they confronted us with was like those people came and they did not solve the climate crisis and we are of course like yeah of course we cannot solve the climate crisis but like think about it from like a cultural perspective then um, if you live in that like that's that's a small speck of paradise and you and you don't have a lot of of course there's worries like a longer term but a lot of things are happening on short term um almost everything has a, has a solution you're hungry fish um uh you're 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 uh, you don't have a house we're gonna build your house like tomorrow exactly like and if you have a big complicated problem uh, a big moral issue you go to the church and the priest is going to tell you what's uh, what's uh what, what is right to do so like a lot almost every single thing that happens on the islands has a quick answer and climate change is not one of those things it's not that a polish guy and a dutch guy are going to come there and solve it it's just not possible and that, in my experience, was pretty difficult to convince sometimes. That made it a little bit difficult for me to do my work. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think a lot of people, that's how we started on this, in European and Western societies, long to go back more to nature, go run in the nature like you do, and feel a little bit more connected to who we like are. Oh. Do, you, do, you, do you have a lot of nature like around you, like in around the uh, apartment I, that you're saying? I'm looking at the mountains right now. I, I try to go every, it's, there's not that many of them, but every sunny day I try to do like at least a hike or run in the mountains or... Uh, oh, yeah, you've, been, you've been running today, dude. How, how's, yeah. how many kilometers did you do? I, I did a very lazy, unadventurous round. Um, I did 10K. Woohoo, damn. Yeah, this is an easier one. Like, um, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm not sure if it's podcast material, but I'm, I'm uh, um, preparing for my second challenge. I want to do like a very long hike in the mountains. I want to, I'm, I'm kind of trying to break my own challenges, my own limits. So I did like the longest uh, hike I've ever done. I did 52 kilometers uh, mm -hmm. on one day with a 1500 meter uh, elevation. And right now I want to do the wait, most. Wait, how, how many kilometers? 50, 50, 52? 52. No, 15. 52. 52 kilometers hike. With a one and a half kilometer altitude change. You did that, or are you going to do that? I did that, and right now I'm gonna do something that's how many me. how many weeks did that take you, dude? Like <laughs> one day, dude. I woke up fucking early, arrived back late. <laughs> Jesus. Without without breaking, but the next one I'm I'm preparing for right now is Corona is allowing me. I want to do um, seven mountain peaks in one day, which is like a four kilometer elevation and it's a 45 kilometer hike. And that one really scares me because it's like very slippery. So if, if you get too exhausted, it's going to be dangerous. So then you have to quit, right? 
So yeah, to be a little bit fit. So I'm trying to stay into shape a little bit. <laughs> Jesus, dude, you're putting me to shame. I'm, I'm doing like 10k, like 12 kilometers on a re relatively flat area, and I'm like, I'm. Yeah, I'm it does, that doesn't dude, exist, I'm, dude. I'm like, <laughs> that shit was good. Like, let's do it. Like in, in a few days. No, but oh, you're but fit, I, you. You're fit. I remember uh, you like at least every day you did something, either yoga or running. So. Oh yeah, I, I keep trying to do yoga. Yeah, I keep doing yoga, but yeah, I, I even got a treadmill in here just in case you know the, the lockdown okay. is gonna. And you got a girlfriend that also keeps you in shape, right? But yeah, I, I think like you said, it, it may not be a podcast material. I think it is. Like I think a lot of people who care about nature are active people, and you know it, it is yeah. connected to each other. Like there's a reason why yeah. we care. It's a selfish reason, dude. I don't want to run in a in a toxic like. <laughs> You did a run in the year. Like, yeah, dude, I. It cost you five years. Just, yeah. Like, for people listening that run in Honiara, we were staying in a nice hotel. And one day I decided to go for a run. And that was, uh, it was six kilometers, but that six kilometers took me, well, it was like 30 minutes when I was running it. But it also took like five years of my life just because of the <laughs> amount of toxicity in the air. Like, people were burning trash on the street. I remember that was the first time I took a knife for a run, and I. I, I, I yeah, you, you, yeah, that was in your beginning period. You still had to adjust. Dude, I was, I was doing, I was, I was doing an edit today, and I was like talking about your flip flops. Like the day I got to on, like to Honiara, you picked me up and you were in the flip flops, and I was like, what? Like, got I really made an impression on you, right? <laughs> I remember how 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 sure I was. I will never do this. Like, I will it's so dirty sure. like it it's like the risk is there to like step on something you know you, something is gonna bite you or like whatever and oh dude two weeks excited. later two weeks later dude i was like fuck it like um like flip flops man right now so you're a city boy you're a city boy i used to be i used to be then i met you and you know now <laughs> I'm like now you know what the word uh, boring through means right you remember that Boring so, through. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> well, this is a story for another day. <laughs> it is. It is. We got. We got. We got. We got to do it. We got to do it. Uh, but that was that was that was an intense experience. That yeah. was an intense experience. Let's yeah. not go into that. Let's going let's through mountains. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, dude. Uh, we can we can cut it here. I think I think it's a, a lot of interesting materials. I I I, I really appreciate uh having you here today and just talking about climate change i think that's the part of the solution just just making it a part of life for everybody like make people aware that there are people like us that you know have their job like do whatever they do but they all at the same time they care and use their use their creative skills to somehow spread the message spread the awareness so thank you Chris. uh it was a pleasure man and, uh, uh, any you, last uh, words any last yeah, words yeah, uh no dude um let's 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 keep on fighting oh awesome dude and yeah next time uh send me over the list of books and we're gonna do a discussion a book club uh, yeah like a book club dude Thanks i'm serious i'm serious let's do like a monthly <laughs> book club or whatever like <laughs> I, 
I used to do that um, very quickly. Um, when I was like 17, 18, I was playing like in, in a small band with people and we were, we were playing every week in the house. And we always said, you know, like every week we have to prepare something for like post uh, playing conversation, prepare something that we always wanted to know, but did not really understand. So one guy talked about general relativity, like he knew it existed, but he was never able to express it, like explain it. So then he had to go dive into that and somebody else had like how, how clouds form and whatever. So every week, like you had to uh, research something and share it with your peers and that way you learn together. Extremely nerdy stuff, but it's fun. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Yeah, I love I love I love the motivation, like the, the pressure. So for the next time, let's let's find a book or like an article or a film and let's brainstorm. Like, well, let, let, let's do it on a record. Which book do I have to read for him from you? Oh, geez, man. Uh, what am I reading right now? That's a big question. I'm not reading it now. I'm, I started to read a book about recycling and uh, uh, how recycling industry works. I was I got super into it, like how how do people banish trash. I can send you over a link so we can discuss like the the way people solve the waste management problem because it's a fascinating problem if you think about it. Like it, it, it can. I'm gonna send you a link to it. I'm gonna send you a link, and then we can do it like uh, within a month or something. Like just go over it. I'm gonna read it through because I just started oh. reading it, and then we can like discuss it. Awesome. Um, then I'm gonna give you a book that's a completely different topic, but I think you don't, you have never really researched it, so it might open your eyes. Which is a book about the history of uh, Latin America and how they've oh, been ripped wow. off by Europe and the U.S. consequently for decades and ages and. Uh, it's eye-opening. It's eye-opening. I, I I pick up I pick up the glove. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's let's do it. I I, I, rem I remember to... I remember reading the Humboldt and being really oh, impressed yeah. by Venezuela and like all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So, so oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Send me over your book. I'll send you over mine. Dude, like just just for, so people like if they're interested in specifically talking to you, like how they can reach you and how they can like get in touch with you, check out your work, your stuff. Oh, it's very easy. Just go to uh, www.gischel.com. Uh, <laughs> I know immediately that you know how to write that. And then you will uh, find everything you need to know. This is G-U-U-S-S-C-H-U-U-I-G-L.com. Man, you pulled it off. Nice. Okay. What of a kind. Awesome. The Antong Java has a Facebook profile, right? An Instagram profile, the film. The... Everything, and a website as well, and, and trailers. And, so and that's ontongjava.com. Uh, and yeah, if people want to talk to you, do you want people to reach out to you or not? Like, are you like, no, don't, don't talk to me? Absolutely, reach out. <laughs> especially, especially if you have money to support the filmmaking and like documentary projects that's exactly. that's the stuff I, I love rich and generous people oh yes oh yes <laughs> dude thank you All again right. have a great night and uh let's connect uh sometime in the future man